Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host... Charlotte Spicer. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to our dream interpretation segments, which are weekly, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Just a couple announcements. Our permanent sponsor for the segment is David A. Dunn, author of Get Life Right, 10-Minute Reads. If you're interested in getting a life-changing book into the hands of someone who needs it, Please visit GetLifeRight.com for an opportunity to read free downloads and receive free books. If you would like to sponsor an episode of Spiritual Insights, please reach me through my website. We have had numerous segments with um, award-winning psychic healer Joni Eisinger. She will be joining us monthly on the first Tuesday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern and our upcoming segment together. She will be tapping into current and past lives again, however, on the topic of sexuality and infertility. So if you have an issue in your life that you are unsatisfied with, with regard to sexuality, performance, or um, the ability to conceive, call in during that segment, and Joni will tap in to try to determine the origin of the issue, whether it's karmic or uh, psychological, and perhaps uh, perform a healing on you to help you with that and eliminate any negative energy that may be blocking you from having a positive experience in this lifetime. I wanted to um, remind everybody, if you'd like to sign up for the newsletter, you can do so through Facebook and also through the website. And so we are going to uh, just get down to business. Uh, Don't forget, if you own a small business, you have an opportunity for free advertising on the air. Get in touch with me through the website and I will send you information. So I'm going to head to the phones. Area code 516 is up first. Hi there. This is Shar. How are you? Hi, Charlotte. This is Sandra. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sandra, thank you for calling in. What can I do for you? Well, this is kind of a a dream I had a few weeks back, and it was with um, an ex-fiance of mine from about 12 years ago. Okay. And I don't really remember much of any of the details of the dream other than waking up feeling that he was extremely angry with me. Okay. And that I was sure of in the dream, that he was very angry, not sure what he was angry about. Couldn't imagine that it had to do with something that, you know, was undone between us. But I know that I woke up and I was literally feeling the intensity of the anger that he was feeling. Okay. Well, come to today, this past week, his brother had passed away, and I feel terrible, and I haven't spoken to him in years, and I'd like to send him a condolence card, 
you know, over what has happened with his brother and just share, you know, that my thoughts and prayers are with him. But now I'm kind of nervous about sending it because I'm almost thinking that dream, maybe this is going to open something up in a non-positive way for him. Uh-huh. So okay. I'm kind of holding back on it because I'm like, gee, you know, I'm thinking about that dream and not that I can think of that I've ever dreamt so prophetically, but mm-hmm. I know that I felt what that dream signified, which was anger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm a little, like, taken back. Normally I wouldn't hesitate to send somebody a card and let them know that, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with them during this kind of time. I mean, it must be something terrible for him to have to go through, and I would want him to know that I'm thinking of him at this time, but in the same sense, I'm really hesitant. Because of the intensity. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the intensity of the dream was such that I woke up like, oh, my God, he's so angry at me. That's exactly like the first thing that I said when I woke up. And it just felt like, well, why is he so angry? I mean, it's been like 12 years. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, and I don't have any details of the dream, which is kind of funny for me because I'm a very detailed dreamer. Usually, I mean, I can recall dreams that I've had in the crib. (laughs) So to wake I up hear and you. have really the sense of the feeling of it, but not really see what was going on other than the extreme intense feeling of the anger. Okay. okay, so that's important. Do you remember at all? And let me just ask you some clarifying questions. And if you don't remember, that's fine. I can, I can still tap in. Um, sure. Does it feel like it was nighttime in this dream? Uh, you know, I don't have any clue, really, to tell you. Okay. Got you. I didn't think we were doing anything of... He was exchanging um, his anger towards me. That's kind of what it felt like. He was exchanging his anger... Towards something me. Toward you. Okay. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't even seem like we were talking about any anything specific. It just felt like his anger towards me. Okay. All like right. I could, I could definitely tell that he was angry at something, and it had to do with me. <laughs> you know that I, I woke up certain. Well, I think um, here's what, here's what I think, Sandra. Um, I think the anger is somehow related to you indirectly. Okay. I, I you had this a couple weeks ago, and it does have a prophetic feel which was basically telling you uh, energetically he's going into a different space. He's going to be very angry. Um, I want to pull back for a second and um, state clearly that, you know, a lot of times in the dream when we see a person such as a deceased loved one, when we see a loved one in a dream, that's actually them. That's a visit. When we see a person who's alive, in a prophetic dream, it's that person. However, there's still the aspect of the dream that he's reflecting you. So in this dream, as a dream, I'm going to break it down into like two sections here. As a I just, dream, I also want to just quickly say that I did sure. have a dream that same week that his brother had passed, which was last week. I dreamt with his brother as well. Okay. So that to me felt more like a visit. Did you see the brother? Yeah, I did. I saw him and he seemed... Uh, 
very down, very depressed, um, confused, you know, just did like. Commit, did he commit suicide or have an accidental no, overdose? He, no, unfortunately, he just passed uh, young and, you know, suddenly. Like an accident or something hit him in the head? No, he, it was an internal thing, you know, his heart, but um, okay. it just, you know, he had a lot left, like family, children, you know, so to me, um, when I saw him, I can understand where he was coming from. He didn't feel settled at all, let's put it that way. No, and it, it might be a little too soon for that. Yeah, they they can go through a period of that before they accept their new situation. Absolutely, did, and I was just he... praying, like, deeply for him. Good. Uh, so I was very surprised to, you know, see him in my actual dreams, you know, or to mm-hmm. get a visit from him because yeah. it's, you know, a long time since I was involved with his family and, you know, okay. I, I would think that I'd be the last person he would show up to. Let's put it that way. Sure. But did he say anything to you or did he just gem- demonstrate his sadness and his emotions? Just, yeah, you? demonstrating the sadness and emotion. It was more all about the feeling again. No no actual um, word speaking, but just, okay. you know, like telepathically I was able to feel his, um, you know, his depression. Mess. Yeah, his and sadness. And it's funny too because since then I feel very depressed. Because you're taking it on, um, it, it, and that can happen. And you seem you're so lucid with your dreams that you can probably very quickly detach from his emotions and reclaim your own. And, and I'll get to that. Let me write a note. Um, yeah, that might be that might be essential for me at this point. <laughs> yes, especially if you know if because I feel like you have heightened uh, awareness and intuition. So if he came to you in the hopes that you would talk to his brother, that's one thing. If that's going to kick off an issue with his brother because you used to be engaged to him, that's a separate issue. Um, I think it would be, let me, let me, let me dig through some of this and see if I can't help you. Thank you. uh, I appreciate it. I just don't want to open up Pandora's box. You know, I mean, there was some unfinished things between me and his brother. Um, you know, we had known each other for a very long time and we're very good friends before we got engaged. And obviously, mm-hmm. once you take your friendship to romantic partners, um, you know, there's always a chance that you may lose that friendship, and which had happened, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But sometimes people need to heal from things and you can't do that being friends. <laughs> yes. So... And- Contrary to popular belief, best friends do not always make the best partners. And no, um, no, that saying, no. like, and I don't believe that for a minute. Um, yeah. But anyway, so as, going back to the framework of it as a dream, definitely prophetic. And the time frame um, that would be represented by your, by your ex-fiance being in a dream would be right at the time that you were with him and broke up. And like you said, unresolved issues but also loss, like loss of the relationship, loss of a future, uh, like a promised future of marriage and family. You broke this off, I assume? Yeah, ultimately, yes. Yeah, ultimately I was the one who kind of, you know, ended it, Um, Mm -hmm. even though I don't honestly think that he was ready to move forward. I think that was, you know, probably more of the issue. Okay, and and then... 
anger would be a big issue associated with that loss and the grief of um, that event that changed his life. Now, you have a dream where he's extremely angry, it's aimed at you, and woke up feeling the intensity. Then you have a dream that his brother died and was very sad. So connecting the two... No, his brother actually died in real life. Right. Yeah. After the dream? After the dream about your ex-fiance? Um, sorry, say that again? When did the brother die? Um, I had the dream with my ex-fiance, and it was probably like two or three weeks, and then his brother had passed. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you have the one yeah. dream, then the brother actually dies. So now, yeah. in, in the dream, you're you're visualizing and seeing your ex-fiance, the anger and the intensity of the extreme intensity of that anger, right? And then you learn that his brother actually dies. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when I had that first dream, I literally reached out to people that know him and was like, is he okay? Like, is everything okay with him? Because I was concerned that maybe something had happened to him. Right. You know? Okay, and then his brother actually dies. Now, yeah. he now he's going through another period of loss. Yeah. And anger. Okay. Probably. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, and especially with a, a someone that's young enough that they have a family in the future, and now that is gone. Also, his relationship with his brother, the future of that relationship is now gone in his mind. You know, if you talk like me, it just we still have a relationship. It's just not the same, but I'm not, I'm not even going to like go there. But then you had the, the brother actually comes to you and he's very sad. Yeah. I think it feels to me that the brother needed to connect with someone and he chose you. And I think if you were to extend a message through somebody to your ex-fiance, I, I don't think he'd react well to a card and your handwriting, if that makes sense. Maybe somebody could kind of feel the situation out um, and extend your condolences. Maybe you can give them a card and they can say, you know, we talked to Sandra and she heard and, and she was concerned and, you know, sends her sympathy and hopes that you're okay. And depending on his reaction, then give him the card. But absolutely all three events are related. For whatever reason, you're being given um, the primer. You're being prepared, like, energetically for this experience. Perhaps if his brother needs help, perhaps you're the one that can pull him through that if you're willing to extend your hand in friendship once again. But that would be totally up to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I just don't really have that person that, um, yeah, that, that like, kind of talks to him. You know, I have um, you not that know direct contact. Yeah, I don't have that direct contact to him any longer. I have people that are, like, neighbors of his family so that they would know if okay. something happened, um, but not you know, someone who's directly in contact with him. So really my only means of getting any kind of sympathy towards him would be to send a direct, you know, a direct message. And normally I wouldn't hesitate, but right now I just feel like, ooh. Yeah, I feel like, ooh, 
Um, here's what I'm feeling. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because I think someone in someone's mind, I, I don't know the entire family or all their names and all that stuff, but I think if you send a card, it would be like, huh, check this out. And I think if you don't send the card, somebody, probably him, maybe his mom, I don't know, but somebody would make a comment, she must have heard by now and she didn't say anything. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You, you know, know, he did, mm-hmm. his dad did pass, but I heard about that well after the fact. And me and his father were never close to begin with. He was kind of a thorn in our um, yeah, relationship. Yeah, the whole situation was tricky. I, I can feel it. Yeah, so I mean, um, okay, it's fine. I didn't, I, I, I didn't actually hear about his father passing until months later, so I kind of felt like, uh, you know, to send a card now, it's already months later. Um, but right. this you know, I know about, and I feel, you know, this sense of responsibility to to being a good person. <laughs> yes, I know. I know how you feel. It's up to you. I, give it a couple days. Ask for another yeah. dream. Ask for another dream. Ask if that, um, Maybe I whether, the, whether the brother comes to you or not. The brother would know best because he's, you know, around them and knows what the situation is. And if he's gotten a little more settled by now, perhaps he can yeah. give you a clue. A lot of times they just stare at you. Um, but just trust that if you if you look into their eyes that your subconscious mind is getting the message and don't worry that nothing was verbalized. Um, but you can program, do the programming dreams. You can ask for a dream for a solution to this um, from your higher self. And through your subconscious mind, your higher self will give you the answer. If there's unfinished business, here's, Here's what struck me in the beginning. If there's unfinished business with this man, with your ex-fiance from 12 years ago, and it is holding you back from moving forward on any kind of level, subconscious, unconscious, or conscious, and a grudge, a resentment, something that wasn't explained fully, something that wasn't fully understood at the time to where you could say, this is where I am in my life and I want to move on, then that Pandora's box, having been opened, may actually lead to healing on both sides of the fence so that you can both move on. Yeah. Well, I guess, I certainly get that, but I mean, I've done a tremendous amount of work, you know. Sure. I believe believe you. You know, for myself, I don't feel like there's anything unresolved. Um, You know, that's why I was so taken back by the dream, like, oh, my God. You know, could this be so? Like, I wasn't so sure whether this had to really do with our relationship because of the amount of time that's gone by. Um, Although, you know, he definitely does seem to be somebody who processes things a lot slower than I do. Uh Uh-huh. And on his side, maybe it's him. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he's never let you go. That could be a possibility. I mean, I know he's moved on. He's had, you know, he has a girlfriend in his life and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, I don't know how serious it is. I've never really asked people Mm -hmm. because I just wish him well and and whatever happiness comes to him, you know, I'd be more than happy for. Um, But as far as, you know, not being yourself. Be careful about not asking, though, because you don't want that to be perceived as interest. It's yeah, tricky. well, that's kind yeah. Of how, yeah, I mean, people have told me things over the time. Um, and like I said, I 
I really don't ask anyone to tell me about him other than if I had something like this where I was, like, concerned, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, you know. But we can't, I we can't ignore the fact that in the dream, his anger, and, and it was clear to you, to oh, the point totally. where no other details were perceptible. All you could feel was this intense anger aimed at you, and I would say that that's the situation. Yeah. Not that. Not that, that was, you know what I mean? Right. And have you, Without have you listened to my exactly show before? It was, it was definitely palpable that the anger was there, and it was directed at me, towards me, about me. <laughs> that exactly. I woke up with no, like, I was not unclear about that. The rest of the message, why? Uh, totally unsure, but then that's kind of what, held me back so far now to write this card because I'm like, oop, what if I write this card to him and then he gets furious that I've sent exactly. him a card or it infuriates something in him or it makes him angrier or I don't mm-hmm. know. And sending, you know, the card, sending the card might do that and then um, he might also be hanging on to anger even though he's moved on. I don't hear you saying that either one of you got married in the 12 years that since you broke up? No, I don't think he has, um, you know, and I know I haven't. I've had some relationships and definitely have had some patterns that I've had to deal with, which okay. I've uncovered, you know, over the past four years, and I'm completely ready now. Good um, for you. Yeah, so for me, I know that he was definitely a part of my journey and, you know, he definitely helped me to identify certain patterns that I had going. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, I don't have any uh, resentment or any, um, uh, what's the word? I'm sorry. I just kind of blanked out. I, I don't feel like, that anything that has happened in the past is something that I wouldn't have wanted to go through to be where I am today. Like, I know that my next relationship will be um, much different from the ones that I've had in the past because I've, I've changed. Right. It will. And, and that yeah. increased level of awareness will bring that. Okay. So what I think is I, I would give it a, a few days. Ask. I also think there's something weird going on astrologically. Go to astrologyzone.net. Susan Miller. She's scary accurate. Are you there? Yeah, I don't know what well, happened there. I got I connected. Okay. Well, you got you got right so, back in. I recognize the the number. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you said something weird going on astrologically. Astrologically, yeah. There's something weird going on, and now a lot of people are experiencing um, computer problems for no reason. Uh-huh. Um, so something's shifting, and I haven't had time to tap in or look up anything, any of my reference materials. But one thing I do reference and trust is astrologyzone.net with Susan Miller. Okay. So, so perhaps that can give you further insight, like really analyze what you're doing. And I know your intentions are pure, but maybe go to her website, um, astrologyzone.net, look up his sun sign and see what's happening with him, and... I mean, look for stuff like, oh, someone from the past may emerge. Like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> could you imagine if you read that? So, you know, really feel it out. Program a resolution dream with your intention before you fall asleep and ask for a solution to this spiritual issue of do I reach out to offer my sympathy 
or do I leave it alone and give them that privacy that, that the family might need at this time? You know what I mean? Yes. And see what you get. Because something like this, it's like split down the middle. Yeah, there's, you know, residual emotion. He, you've done the work. I don't feel that he has. So there's no, I don't. Emotion. I believe that. Unfortunately, you know, I love him. Great guy. But he just, you know, kind of was stuck where he was when I left. And he's and he's not much farther beyond that point. Yeah, you, and I don't think so he's far like, ahead of him. From, exactly. From what I hear or from what I've heard from other people, it's still kind of that same thing, which, God bless him, maybe that's where he needs to be in life, you know? That's fine. You know, that's but what that's he, just that's what not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Okay. But I know, look, from all the times that we have been friends and sometimes we haven't, and whenever he's reached up to me, I've always opened my heart um, because that's the kind of person I am. I don't know if, I don't really know. the same way if you reach out to him. But you're not reaching out to him for, did he he come to you for for like consolation or I, I need advice or something like that? You're only trying to say, hey, I'm sorry to hear your brother died. Yeah, pretty much. I wasn't Are even you okay? planning on putting. I wasn't even planning on putting my phone number or any of that. I, you know, just my address, obviously. You know, I wouldn't withhold that on the, the card, but because um, I find that that would be petty or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just kind of would want him to know that I'm thinking about him. You know, and that I feel sorry for him, for his loss, and for his family's loss. You know, yeah. obviously, that's it. You know. I mean, I just think that that's kind of a big enough thing. It's a sibling. It's somebody that I know he was close to then. I can't imagine it became any different yeah. over the years. And I liked his brother, you know. I had mm-hmm. seen him probably five, six years back, and he greeted me as if, you know, nothing. Nothing had happened, you know. He was still his usual self, he friendly it. and... You know, so because he understood the situation, and he he can't choose sides, but he is you know your ex fiance's yeah, brother. Was, he was much different, much 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 different, you know, than his yeah. brother. Um, yeah, he so. knows. And that might, you know, a goodbye. That might be him. The second dream was you know him coming, and if he appreciated you to that level, where you know you're a great girl. I'm sorry it didn't work out with my brother. You know, you would have made a great addition to the family. So definitely, but ask him Ask him if he's not too busy to come back, program a resolution, and get a clear-cut idea of um, you doing communicating some form of communication, whether it's you see yourself in a dream writing or using a telephone or um, a bell, which is messages. Look for signs of communication, and then the resulting actions that take place after that ask for that kind of thing, and then that will give you a clear sense. And you can call me back next week if you like. Yeah, thank you. I I really appreciate your, you know, your uh, taking the time to kind of go through this. Um, It seems, you know, silly. Some people might think like, oh, why doesn't she just write the card? (laughs) You know, but... Well, they're not you. Yeah, after the intention, the dream feeling, it's like, I don't know. I just 
Yeah. Well, we've all been in, we've all been in circumstances where we don't know which to choose because we're afraid of the outcome either way. So my advice to people is always pull back from the fear and allow. Yeah, the I don't mind taking my own lumps. I just you know like like I said I'm like as far as myself I'm not worried that you know if he hates me or whatever fine no problem you know I'll take my lumps but I just wouldn't want to someone more upset during a time period that's already delicate for them. It's got right. to be delicate for him right. at this point. So I and feel it, like if I show up out of the blue and I'm like, hey, you know, maybe that will make him even more delicate. <laughs> so, exactly, and push him over the edge. And the brother's already said that he's that his life has come to an end when he was looking forward to more. He's got to recognize in his um, transitional phase that at soul level he chose that, that point in time for an exit. So he's got to go do his stuff. But then imagine once he gets a clue and then you send the card and the brother's mad and he said that the brother's mad at you and he can't intervene. You know, it's like the three of you are involved, but the the brother on the sidelines um, at a place where he can't communicate directly with his brother and say that's not what you meant. You know, he can't intervene. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I got you. Uh, ask for some clarifying information and be sure that the, yeah, the visit from that. the brother wasn't just, I'm very sad and I really liked you, to whatever you're planning, it, I'm going to be even more sad if you do it because of the reaction. I mean, it would be pretty, it would be pretty crass if someone sends, if, if when my mother died, if an ex-boyfriend of mine had sent me a sympathy card and sent a sincere note inside of it, if there was an issue with that person, I, I've mostly ended on a good note in relationships. There are two that did not. But if one of those per- people had sent a sincere card, I heard your mom passed away, I'm sorry to hear it, I hope you're okay, and left it at that, I would have thought, I probably would have thought, what are they up to? You know, what is the, what's their motive? Because Because I know them and they were that bad. But I wouldn't have responded in anger i wouldn't have um punished them for the thought so ultimately it's up to you i would just give it a few days and and ask your higher self ask god ask you know spirit help me out with this i don't want to mess this up i want to do what's best for all of us involved and for my own growth so if it's in your best interest of personal growth to reach out and take your lumps like you said and extend forgiveness before you even do any of that. That's good growth. It might be a lousy situation and a, a humiliating thing, but it would be excellent growth for you, which I, I don't even need to preach to the choir. I know you get it. Well, I, like you, feel the same way. I mean, I wouldn't really think that's humiliating because, um, you know, my intent is pure, and it's mm-hmm. just to reach out and say, I'm sorry I'm for so your loss. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of you. You know, I hope that whatever, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't have any bad intentions. (laughs) You know, my intentions are pure on this whole thing. And so I wouldn't feel, like, embarrassed or humiliated to send it because part of his life at one time for a very important part. Yes. And you know what? You know? I mean, I'm not even going to say an important part. I don't know. It was important on my end. Was it important on his? 
I don't know. I can't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe not. Either Maybe way, so, you know? either way, it Who doesn't knows? matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can't go back there. So what you can do today is pull out the toolbox and surround him in white light. Yeah, you're right. And but I like the, intensity I like the of idea that. of asking, you know, higher, higher beings, higher self. Yes. Um, and send send him white light and healing energy that his that his um, grief that peace finds him often in his path to healing is my tagline. I have a line of products, sympathy products that people read at funerals, so I'm used to using those words. But you know, just pray that peace finds him often, and that um, at soul level he won't know what you've done in sending him light or visualizing him in a better space, but his soul will. Yeah. His soul will know, and it will trickle down, and he will feel something. So you can kind of set the stage by sending that light, preparing him energetically, and then receive the card, receive it in the the intention in which it was offered. That's a good idea, too. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Charlotte. I, I not really to be manipulators here. That. I'm just saying when in, when it's in in the interest of good, and yeah. we, you know, because anybody else listening could be like, okay, well, if I were if that were me, if I were Sandra, I'd send the card, and if they called me up and said anything nasty, I'd say this. They already have their defense planned. That's not healing. So yeah, but what he we doesn't do. He doesn't have my number. I don't I know. have his number. I know he doesn't, you know? but I'm, so, I'm saying that I mean, for the interest of the other listeners, that if there were some kind of reaction where he did get in touch some way and they're thinking, well, if they do have a negative reaction, here's what I'm going to do. And what that's, that's doing is, is visualizing a negative reaction, putting energy into that, and then visualizing your defense. That's not healing at, on any level. So yeah. before anything, and I tell this, do this stuff before you go to work if you have conflicts with coworkers, send the link, yeah. visualize a peaceful resolution, and feel it. Don't just see it. Feel that peace overcome both of you in the scenario and see what answers you get from asking spirit what to do and make your decision accordingly. Just don't do it out of fear. Yeah. Make sense? Yes, it does. Very cool. Is this the first time you've listened to the show, Sandra? No, I think I've actually listened once before. I don't know if I called okay. in, but I definitely listened once before. Excellent. Um, you know, I'm always interested in dream interpretation because I dream so much. <laughs> and so vividly. You know? yeah. yeah, and so vividly. Okay. You know, I've always, I've always kind of had that connection from, okay. from myself. That's one of the ways that I kind of, get information. That's why I guess my dreams do mean so much to me. Right. Um, That's why I felt I, I felt that you understood the way I talk. And, and yeah. I just felt that perhaps you would listen to the show before. So that's good because anybody knew I would have to kind of shift my dialogue to kind of meet them where they are. And I didn't have to do that with you. So that was fun. Oh, well, that's good. I hope I was helpful. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we both helped each other today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank well, you. Well, thank you very much. Content. I'm going to continue listening on to the radio. And thank you. The internet. Excellent. And I'll put you on hold soon if you want to hang out and listen some more, okay? Yes, thank you. Very cool. Okay. If you want to call in and ask about a dream, dial 347-934-0751. I have to uh, mention 
when you press 1 to get into the host queue, be sure that you hear the Blog Talk Radio robot say you are now in the host queue. Otherwise, your phone number may pop up, but if I do not see a blue question mark beside it, I will assume you simply want to listen. I'm going to check in with a caller now to be sure that that's not the case, so forgive the intrusion. Hi, this is Shar. Did you want to listen or did you have a question? Okay, so I will go to the next caller with a question, area code 501. Hi there, this is Charlotte. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? I'm wonderful today. What is your name? My name is Tiffany, and I just had a quick question. Okay, what's your question, Tiffany? Um, I have dreams quite frequently, and sometimes they come true. Um, I'm also able to, like, feel uh, people's, I don't know if they're energy or whatever, but I could pick up on that. And if it's negative, sometimes I get headaches and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I had a dream recently where, I don't know if it was me or I was picking up on something, but the person was ill and they were in the hospital and it had something to do with the left side of their brain. I don't know if some sort of blockage or that sort of thing. Okay. I could feel like a blockage being released as if, you know, uh, blood is being funneled through that area. I can actually feel that. Um, There must have been a problem with the person's breathing because, uh, you know, I felt difficulty breathing as well, so they must have like a breathing tube, but it was, I felt like the patient felt like it was irritating, you know what I mean? Um, Or like, you know, gosh, I wish I could just take this thing out. It's cumbersome. You know what I mean? Uh, Uh So I'm not sure where that's coming from. Are you a nurse? No, I'm not. (laughs) Okay, so you're you're not in the medical field? No. You seem well-versed in it. The person in the dream, let me, help me, help me clarify some details. The person in the dream, they were in the hospital? Yes. Male or female? It felt like it. It It felt felt like like a a hospital. Yes. Female, okay. Yes. Familiar or unknown? Um, did did I you recognize didn't. them? No, no. It, it was like I was feeling what they were going through, so I couldn't see the face. Okay. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Very interesting. And in the very beginning, did it start with a house or a car? Mm. Or are you wandering? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Okay. I don't remember that part. I just remember the person ill, who was ill. Okay. All right. And in the end, to the patient, it it felt irritating to the patient, and you you had an urge to want to comfort them and pull the, the tube out. How how was it right before you woke up, and how did the dream end? Was there a peace to it, or was there a concern? Uh, I felt like there was a bit of peace because I, I felt like whatever issue, I don't know if it was like a stroke or whatever issue that landed them there, um, the blockage was no longer there. So okay. the blood was able to funnel through, and I could actually feel that. It was a weird sensation feeling. I could actually feel that happening. Um, but that's the only thing I saw. I didn't see the tube being removed or any any of that. Okay. And then I woke up and I was like, where, where is that coming from? You know? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's where I'm going to go with this, um, Tiffany. You have a person, I'm going to start from the beginning. You have a person who is unfamiliar to you, and in a typical interpretation, that would represent uh-huh. a side of yourself that you are disconnected from. And okay. this person being um, ill is mm-hmm. something that, an illness is something that requires healing, resolution, or correction, right? Because of maybe we need medicine, maybe we need surgery, or maybe we need to forgive ourselves for something, okay? I'm not sure what mm-hmm. that is yet. It feels like okay. a hospital, which is a place of healing, which mm-hmm. certainly suits the scenario of having an illness. The person is female representing the emotional self, the emotional aspect of self. Have you ever heard the show before? I haven't. I haven't. I listened okay. to a long time with, with the last caller. So, Okay. So I will give a little more complete information about people in dreams then. When we dream of familiar people, it's an aspect of self that we are consciously aware of. Um, for instance, I could have a dream of a woman who works too hard. You know, and I might know her, and it would be somebody in my life who I see as a very hard worker who, you know, pedal to the metal type A personality. So I could have a dream about that, and that could be telling me I need to slow down. So then I could have a dream about someone who, um, who I don't recognize, which would be an aspect of myself that I'm not consciously aware that I am operating through this aspect of self. So females represent the nurturing side, the emotional side, the territorial side, um, the one who um, is intuitive. So that's all the female aspects. In contrast, the male aspects then would be the intellect, the provider, the, the one with the strength, the physical strength, the one that emotes mostly through the intellect. We are big on emotions. Men are intellect. Mm-hmm. So this woman is female indicating that it is your uh, emotional self, and yet there's a part of an aspect of that self with which you're unfamiliar. The illness is in the left side of the brain. Left side of the yeah. brain is, is the non-creative intellectual side. So there's the male aspect right there. So this could be denoting that in your emotional framework, perhaps mm-hmm. the, the way you best handle situations is to break it down, analyze it, gather data, get opinions, you know, an intellectual approach to dealing with your emotions. Does that make sense so far? That does make sense, and that is me, yes. Okay. And so then this left side of the brain, there's an illness, there's a blockage, and you can feel everything this patient is feeling. You're kind of going through the situation with them, and something occurs where the blockage is released, and the blood begins to flow freely once again. Right. Blood, mm-hmm. blood represents joy, life force energy. It can, um, ideals and ideas flowing through a person's body, such as where you want to move forward in your life. Mm. Okay? It, it could mean a lot of things, but only you can say which fits, but just that one symbol in the dream supported by the illness, the the scenario of being in a place of healing, and you going through this with her tells you a lot. So you can tell me um, what you feel is, because this is going to be not a universal symbol, where a hospital is a universal symbol. Any of us could see a hospital, a Red Cross, or a Caduceus and know that this represents 
uh, like a doctor-patient healing relationship, right? Okay. A blood clot represents closing down the flow of joy, which means something has grown to stop the natural flow of your ability to enjoy your life or an aspect of your life, such as a relationship, work, creative pursuits, that kind of thing. Low blood pressure would be like lack of love as a child or feeling defeated all the time and like a negative apathy or helplessness. Now, it wasn't just low. It was blocked. However, something happens, something occurs where that blockage is reduced and the flow begins to pick up its normal speed. Because blood, a lot of us have dreams about blood. I feel a need to say this for the benefit of other call, uh, other listeners. When we have a... You don't see any blood in the stream, correct? Right? That's correct. I just felt... Okay. I just felt... And, the and I, the, reason, the reason I bring that up is to illustrate what I'm about to say for the benefit of the other listeners is that you didn't see any dream, which tells me that there is no... Um, there's, n- there's no area in your life where you're totally losing energy or money or your vibrancy or your passion for it. It's just blocked. The passion's there. Now, in contrast, mm-hmm. if we have a dream where we see a lot of blood or even a little bit of blood, the other symbols around that are going to tell us what po- area of our life that points to. However, when you see blood, that tells you specifically you're losing energy fast, like life force energy, passion, vitality in some area of your life, and then through connecting the other symbols, we would determine that. So just to make it clear to the listeners in how I do this, you did not see any blood, which tells me there's a healthy sense of um, ambition or passion by your tendency to overthink situations. Is that, yeah. is that concise? Yes, hold on one second. I think that is correct, yes. Okay. Okay, I thought somebody was at my door. Sorry. Okay, no problem. Okay, so again with the blood, um, could mean that you're pouring yourself too much into something that you're doing and the intellectual mind is telling you you've got to pull back. That's up to you to decide which fits. Um, this could represent an old wound where you felt that you held yourself back and you don't want to repeat that pattern any longer. Like just like deciding not to decide, you don't know which way to go, so you don't, and you kind of stay still, and then later on you regret that an opportunity has passed, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense to you. It does. Uh-huh. Okay. I think that's all I that would basically oh, okay. fit, although it does also represent the first chakra, which is survival, which might point to work or your daily home life. I cut you off. Okay. What were you saying? No, I think you're right on the money um, because it's my relationship. My marriage takes a lot out of me. My husband's very needy, um, and I put my own needs on the back burner. Okay. And um, that takes a lot out of me, and I think it's kind of draining my creativity. Like I'll have an idea, I'll have to write it down um, before I lose it, you know, and forget about it. And so, but then I could... You know, I have trouble getting back to it because, mm-hmm. you know, he's so needy. But I am in the process of moving to another state to, to complete my master's degree. I just finished my undergraduate degree, which was very difficult because he's so needy. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that was very challenging things. I really had to focus, 
to get that high GPA so I could get into a master's program. So, yeah, you're right on the money. That's exactly accurate. Okay. Well, I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay, okay. Because you also mentioned, okay, so you get the idea that you're kind of like pulling the plug and getting something out of the way, which now we know what that represents, and now we understand what all that's on your plate that you're so spread thin and need a chance to – which, how many among us wouldn't like a chance to kind of hang out somewhere, not necessarily in a hospital, but somewhere and just do nothing, right? Because we're caught in the busyness of our lives, and we do have people that depend on us, and we are the nurturers, and we're taking care of our – well, we're supposed to be taking care of ourselves, but that's what I'm about to say next. But we're so busy taking care of others. Unfortunately, your husband is needy, and um, you have a contract with him that you're going to take care of him silent and spoken. However, in the dream, you also mentioned difficulty breathing. And it felt irritating, and you had the urge to want to pull that tube out. Right. Now, the tube is helping that person breathe. And then, but you want to be able to, you wanted the person to be able to breathe on their own, knowing that they're very uncomfortable in this situation. So breathing, then, represents the ability to breathe life in and accept it on its own terms. We can make adjustments for our comfort, similar to looking at that dream and seeing the woman in the bed and saying, well, if I pull the tube out, this way I'm making a modification and she's more comfortable and I helped the situation. Make sense so far? It does. Okay. So now we have to go back to meaning of the breath so you can kind of embrace this totally. Having trouble breathing may represent having a difficulty with one's spiritual life because air is also intellect. You know, um, all the air signs of the zodiac, very intellectual people. And and I am an air sign. Are you? <laughs> yes. It yes. represents, and, and this person is ill, they're in the hospital, they're in a situation where they need healing. Look at the phrase, you know, like I just said, we, we could use a week off to catch our breath. This pace has been so fast for you. You're an undergrad. Now you're going for your master's. In what topic are you getting a master's? Um, I did my undergraduate in addiction studies, so I'm getting my master's in um, uh, uh, clinical health, mental health counseling. Good deal. Okay. Further to be considered with the aspect of breathing, it could also represent suppressed crying. You know how, when, no matter what emotion we experience, the first thing to be affected is our breath. We either start to, when we're afraid, we can hyperventilate. The, you know, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. Adre- adrenaline and other chemicals are dumped into our system. It affects the breath first, blood pressure, all of that, right? You're right, yeah. And then when we don't want to cry, we kind of hold the breath. We hold it in. We hold in our feelings. We try to suppress them. We hold back the tears, keep a straight face, put a mask on for the world that says everything's okay, but deep down it's not, and it's like a cry for help. How come mm-hmm. nobody will take care of me? So I'm not a marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. You, would need, you would need to approach the situation in the way that you know is best for you and your marriage and for, mm-hmm. your, for your husband's psychological and emotional comfort. But, I mean, you know where to go with, with that. But that's what this dream is about. It's about you needing that that sort of respite so that you can gear up for the next phase and don't be afraid to ask for help or say, you know, 
maybe I, maybe you just need to cry on your husband's shoulder and not say it's not that I don't want to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I do love taking whatever your situation is. I'm not presuming your feelings about it, but however you feel, and maybe I just need to cry on your shoulder. Could you give me that? You know, that kind of stuff. Communication mm-hmm. is key because you're holding all this stuff in, and then you take it, and you, it, I'm getting an image of origami. Like you take a situation and you start folding it this way. No, that's not going to work. You fold it this way. No. Well, how about if I do this? Well, what if I delay my schedule? Well, if I move this and do, you know, and then you're, did you say you're going to move too? Yes, yes. Once step that's at a time. Specifically, that's specifically for me. So I'm trying to do, really make sure I do things that are for me and for my well-being since I have put myself on the back burner. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you're, you're so you're heading in a step, but you're heading, you're taking a step in the right direction, and that might point to how, without seeing that anything was done, the blood clot, the blockage was released, and you feel the pressure being released. Yes. And I, I could feel it moving. I could feel like yes. as if a tunnel of blood. I could feel uh, the tunnel being moved free, like right. like as if it was a river. Yes. I could feel and that, it going through my head. It was weird. Yeah, it was a weird and, feeling. But that's Tiffany moving forward in life in confidence oh. and peace. Because what, what unblocked it without a doctor going over? Or, nobody did anything weird or drilled through her head. No. Nope. She didn't get, mm-hmm. didn't get to see anything. So that tells us that the reason the block was cleared was because of a decision that was made. Mm, Okay. See how it all ties together for you in a a personal sense? Okay. Yes. Because we have universal symbols like the hospital and the caduceus and a rose means, you know, romantic love and then um, a gravesite would mean grief and death. Those are universal. But to take universal symbols and then add these personal things to them, that's where it gets tricky. But if we connect each dot, it creates a storyline that when put together, it's easily understood to understand what's happening at the re- deeper levels of our conscious mind. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, it I does. appreciate yes. it. Any other questions I can help you with? No, that was it. I appreciate it. That was that, it was wonderful, and it was exactly accurate. So thank you. That really helped me see things in a different light, which I needed. So yes. thank you. You're quite welcome. Thank you for tuning into the show. I hope you continue to every week. And um, please share links on your social media and um, okay. support me that way if you like. Okay? I'm going to put you okay, on hold and go on to other callers. You're welcome. Okay. Good stuff. I just like to uh, be able to share information um, as succinctly as possible without repeating myself so often that I'm giving, like, the whole entire thing. Area code 207, you are up next. After you, I'm going to area code 703, and we'll continue from there. Hi, this is Charlotte. What's your name? Hi, Charlotte. My name is Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Nice to meet you. Are you a first-time listener to the show? Yes, I am. How are you enjoying it so far? It's really nice. I like it. Okay, good. How can I help you, ma'am? Well, I uh, my husband passed away uh, at this point 20 or so years ago, and um, and I have dreams about him. And every time I dream about him, he uh, sometimes he'll walk by me and won't acknowledge me, or if he if he comes to me, he never stays with me. Or I've had dreams where he's come to me and he has married he's been married to someone else. You know, it's like an abandonment thing. 
Yes. Kind Is of she? dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's so even what's the message behind been, that? Oh, I'll, I'll get to it. Let me tap in and dig in for you. So sometimes he walks by and he, was, and he doesn't acknowledge you. Did you have a very, very, very hard time after his passing um, getting yourself together and dealing with this? How was, how was your grieving process? It was very interesting. I, I really, I, I had a son who was a, um, a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and I just kept saying to myself that I, you, you know, because my husband was like a real strong, like soulmate type of commi- uh, commitment, um, and, yes. uh, and I think if I didn't have a child, I would have died too. But I kept saying to myself, I just have to keep myself together for my son. And I'll tell you, I had a, a past life um, reading from someone who uh-huh. said that, in, a, in another time when he, he, he went off to sea and never came home, my, my son was the one who had to take care of me because I was so distraught. Isn't so it was that perfect? Really, yeah. So it was very interesting to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to tie the two. pieces together. Yes, I know. It's fascinating. And, and um, for the past uh, three months, with my, I, I made a new friend on LinkedIn, a uh, short time ago, and it's one of those you talk to them on the phone, and within 15 minutes, it's like, click, where have you been all my life? And yeah. she's so good. I said, come on my show. Let's share the, you know, let's share the spotlight. And for three months, um, once a month, we did past lives, present relationships. You might want to tune in to those that are in the archive. It's absolutely fascinating. And it totally makes sense to me, and I can feel it, that, yes, there is a soulmate connection. I don't, I don't so much like the, the word soulmate because... Typically, it brings karma. I lean towards twin well, flame. I'm sure. but I, don't... I, I know about that. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm sure. But I'm sure it's karmic. It, it's that seriously committed and, and karmic, you know. And, and all of our relationships are karmic. There's really no strangers in our circle. And I love how you know your son stepped up to the plate and said, "Well, you helped me survive, and now I'm going to be the one to help you survive this." You know? I didn't. I didn't know that at the time. I said that. You know, I must have felt that. Oh my gosh, I needed to, uh, you know, do something for him. And he was just getting ready to go to college. And I said, I just can't drop the ball on this one. No, and and and, uh, and it's such a blessing. And it's terrible. Um, I should have started this out. I'm so sorry for your loss. Even 20 years later, I know if you let yourself, you can go back to the day it happened and remember it in very acute detail. Um, I'm the, I'm the same. I have somebody that died 20 years ago, and it came up be, um, from behind me the other day and, and just got a hold of me, and I said, you know, and you breathe, and you let go. But, yes, back to the dream, absolutely, and you might have heard me mention in the previous call, that is a visit. These are visits. But what we want to mm-hmm. do with, with dreams like this is look at what he's demonstrating to you. So I'm going to take you through that slowly, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the one scenario, he walks by but doesn't acknowledge you. What he's doing in that scenario is he's not acknowledging your, I, I want to choose my words carefully and respectfully. Do you know how, like after he died and it's like, it's all you think about and when you lay your head on the pillow and where are you and all that stuff and we become obsessed 
just with the mm-hmm. event of their death, we become so, like, okay, I am Cindy, and here's where I grew up, and this is what happened in, in high school, and then I turned 21, and then I met my husband, and then we got married, but what really defines my life is the day he died. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so in my identity crisis with my situation, and I've, the reason I, I can speak about this is I'm speaking from experience. This is not something I read from a book. So what I learned, because I'm like um, the previous caller, I analyze a lot too. And I analyzed the whole grieving process all along the way, and I realized I was having an identity crisis, and then I realized the level of my obsession. Um, the things that triggered a past memory, things that triggered a funny memory, things that triggered, there's all these triggers. And I had such a deep obsession, not so much how our relationship was, but the fact that he died in the first place and left me behind. That's right. (laughs) It's like my defining moment. Now I'm not Charlotte who grew up here and and accomplished all these great things as a teenager, and then at 25 my world came crashing down in 1993, you know, where my whole life was turned upside down. And And yet there's, if I were to make a timeline for my life, that's where I would get the big permanent black magic marker and draw a line, right at 25. Mm-hmm. Because, because that is the, the event that changed my life, the trajectory of my life. It took away my future and changed what I think about myself. Got, mm-hmm. You with me so far? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so what you're do, your husband is doing to help you, and he is working very hard to help you get this. And, this is very, and I can feel him. He just rubbed my back. Okay. Um, When he walks by and doesn't acknowledge you, it's his way of saying you have to let go of the the obsessive grief. He understands that you're upset, and he's sorry he did this to you. He's sorry that he left and left you to deal with that and be brave for your son. Because there's three things. There's, There's you, there's your son's grief, and then there's you dealing with your grief and your son's. There's That's a lot. You know, especially at such a, a tender age where he's embarking on this great new phase in his life. And I'm sure his father's death, death chain, tainted that entire experience because he didn't just get to go to college. He had to go to college without dad being around. Right. And, right. A, very, and a very I used sad to think about mommy. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a very sad mommy. And your son didn't know what to do for you. He he had a very difficult time. Anyway, so the husband is, is your. What is your husband's name, please? Tim. Jim. Okay, let me talk, Tim. talk about. Let's talk about Jim. Tim. T I M. T is in table. Tim. Yeah. Tim. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Sometimes on the, on the on the air you get it. Okay, so his name is Tim, as in Timothy. Yes. Okay, so I want to talk about him in the first person and stop referring to him as your husband or um, mm-hmm. the husband. I didn't, I didn't feel that was very respectful. Anyway, so, that, so when he does that, that, that's very demonstrative. And, and when you have those dreams, you want to look at your thoughts of the day or recent weeks to see what he's trying to point out to you. In the others, there's, yeah, there's a definite abandonment because he's trying to demonstrate to you to let go of your attachment to his death, but please maintain a healthy attachment to what you had. But you have to forgive him. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's a more healthy attachment. Mm-hmm. It's impossible, and, and and I think it's awful to ask anybody, you know, all this new age foo foo stuff, like, oh, you can't have any attachments in life. Well, excuse me, I'm very attached to my godchildren and the kids that I helped raise. I'm not going to say that if if they were to pass away, that I would be like, oh, you know what, life is, you know, that's just a part of life. You can't do that. You're a human being. But but holding on to how great he was and, and what a wonderful husband and father and provider and all these great things about Tim, holding on to that is much more healthy than holding on to that moment and the ensuing grief and what it put you through. Because that causes heart damage. That causes damage to the actual, on that level, energetically, spiritually, and emotionally. When you wallow in that, I know by now that you can keep a straight face and go out into the world and not be crying all the time. But when, you know, we put that away for a while, it still affects the heart. And it closes down the heart. And that's when physical issues manifest as in response to the spiritual and emotional pain that we're in. Make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Now, you also mentioned that in some scenarios, he's moved on and got married. Yes. <laughs> Have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> so what do you think he's, now, now I'm putting it back on you. What do you think he's saying to you where it's like, I don't, I don't think I, re, I know you. Like there's a, a disconnect and an unfamiliarity and you can feel the situation that he's married and, and has moved on. If you were to hold up a mirror Talk to yourself the way he would say it to you and tell me what you feel he's trying to tell you about marriage and moving on. Oh, it's time to get married again. <laughs> Are you with anybody? No, but I, I, I am looking for a permanent person. I mean, I have, okay. I've had a whole slew of people and, you know, noncommittal, either they yeah. noncommittal, me noncommittal. And, uh, I, and now I uh, think familiar. I'm ready Okay, so in order to for the final steps in your energetic preparation to invite a permanent life partner into your life, you now have to go through the forgiveness process, and that takes place in three steps. Are you ready? Sure. Forgive your husband for dying. Forgive okay. the situation. It was necessary for the growth of both of your souls. Recognize that prior to coming, to this level of awareness, you both agreed, and your son is part of the process, that he would help you survive this. Because you're right, I know what it's like, and you probably wouldn't have survived if your son hadn't been there to, to anchor you, okay? Right, right. And then you forgive yourself. Then you forgive yourself for having perceived this in such a manner that I, that that built a wall and made you feel you can't get beyond this. Things like this happen, and we think, well, I'll never be happy. I'll never find peace. I can tell you, having gone through that and feeling like I was swimming through black ink for at least eight years, mm-hmm. I cried every night for a number of years. You know, it was bad. It, I, I, I almost didn't survive it. And you heard me mention that line of products that I have. That came the day I couldn't take it anymore. 
that and then I I wound up I had this crazy experience where this energy shot through me and I sat straight up and wrote this and I turned it into a line of products to help others. So if if you're okay with it, I'd like to send you a copy. Do you mind if I call okay. you at some point after the show? No, no problem. Okay, I'll jot your number down. I'll contact you, and I want to send you one of these because what I felt was when I read it immediately, my heart jumped, and I could feel my heart open. And that's why people read these at funerals, and they, they read it every day. They read it in the morning, anytime mm-hmm. they experience emotional disquiet, and then at night, and it really eases the mind. It's, it's, it's freaky how it has a, an effect on the physical body. It eases the mind. It allows you to breathe, and then you can feel the heart open a little bit because when we experience trauma like this, our initial reaction is to close the heart down, to block the pain. But that's an unnatural position for the heart to be in. It's built to um, process emotion and process um, life force energy to keep us alive. So anyway, but this is coming to you and saying it's okay for you to want to be tied to another human being. You're not betraying me. You're not disrespecting my memory. I know you respect what we had and what we built and the beautiful sun we created, and all that great stuff that comes with a message like that. And it's, it's almost as if that's the best vocabulary they have. It would take a lot for him to sit you, sit you down in a dream and be like, listen, here's what I want you to do. It just doesn't happen that way. It happened nice. for me, in a sense, early on when, when, um, when mine died. And I, I saw him, and even though you know I'm crying my eyes out and I could feel a hand on me, stroking my face and a rocking chair rocking by itself. And that stuff's all well and good. But you know what? What's done is done. The damage is done, and I'm really not impressed was my attitude. But so in a dream where when we're asleep, we are up and out of our bodies, literally. And we're in our spiritual essence. We're in spirit form on the astral plane, going through soul work and doing our homework. And in doing that, A bit of the ego is retained. However, most of the ego, because it lives in the body, is back laying in bed. So then they can come to us and and deal with difficult topics. And so I saw mine, and I ran up to him, and the weird thing, he was wearing my jacket, um, which later I found out meant that he wanted to be like me, because I thought I looked more up to him. But I said, please come back. Please come back to life. And he looked at me quite seriously. Like, with this incredulous look on his face. He says, I can't. I said, why not? He says, because I'm not dead. Me in the eye. And I knew what he meant. So his physical body is no longer operable, but he's there. There's a relationship there. And don't think I didn't give him a piece of my mind from time to time. But But your husband is there. However, for you to survive the rest of your life happily... You have to give yourself permission to be happy and to feel that joy in your heart and to know that there is nothing to be ashamed of to allow that into your heart and that the last thing you have of your husband is not your grief. It's those good, those good memories and your child. Right. And in giving yourself permission and you open your heart, because you're not going to meet anybody unless you do this, to be honest, because... Right. In your heart, half of it's closed down. You got one hand out saying, yes, okay, I'm ready for a partner. You got the other hand up in the stop position in the I'm not ready posture, right? So then if you change your posture. That's what I used to do. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, come closer, but stay at arm's length, right? 
And that's how we manage yeah. to keep these situations and relationships temporary and impermanent, which serves our, our, our interests at this time until we feel we're ready. But now you feel a certain readiness. Now there's a state of preparedness you have to get to. So then if we look at that posture where you got one hand, you know, with the invitation and the other hand stay back, now put them in prayer position, do the forgiveness work, and then open your arms wide, and that opens the chest cavity, and that opens the heart, and you can say, okay, God, I'm ready, or however, you know, whatever vocabulary, mm-hmm. whatever practices you have, and that is what you build upon, and then thank your husband. You could say it out loud. You can write him letters. Bake him a cake and say, I get it. I love you. Is that helpful? Oh, yes, it is. It's very helpful. Okay. This is what I had to do. I really didn't want to, but I had to. And now I found the love of my life. Oh, great. Well, that's promising. He's, I, he's I was thinking, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready oh, for yeah. the love of my life. And you were so worthy. You were such a nice woman, and you take care of everybody around you. And I wound up with the equivalent of a human angel. Mm-hmm. I would almost dare to say I would go through it all over again, but I want to watch what I say. Yeah. <laughs> but it was certainly worth well, the wait. Well, that sounds promising. Right. But after 20 years, okay, am I going to carry this around any longer? That The hurt? Or am I going to say, draw that timeline, draw the Cindy's life timeline, and draw the major accomplishments, major events, the birth of your son, your wedding day, and then draw, get to the day where, where Tim went home, and say, it's okay, and write yourself a letter. Talk to yourself about grief and talk to grief. We have a relationship with everything. Mm-hmm. We have a relationship with death. We have a, re- a relationship with grief. And figure out how you feel about that. Figure out, talk to grief if it's, as if it's an actual entity and anybody else who wants to do this with money or food, do the same. Get those emotions out so that they stop operating at unconscious levels within you and creating patterns. So you say, dear grief, you nearly killed me. You could start out there. You nearly killed me. But something yes, made know. me hold on and, and perhaps that was your cousin Faith. You know what I mean? And purge, cry, get it out, all of, because your issue is, I think, from an intellectual standpoint, you can handle the fact that your husband did, in fact, pass away. You can wrap your mind around it, right? But emotionally, you're stuck. It isn't that your husband died. It's the grief over that event that nearly killed you. Yes. That's what you need to heal. Make sense? Yes. And to heal it, you talk to it. You talk to it like, dear grief, like I said, you nearly killed me. And here's how I felt when I first met you, uh, you know, with regard to my husband's passing. Uh, you, if you don't have one of or either of your parents, you can do this with them as well. It'll be a little different because the husband represents so much more like friend and um, partner and all that stuff. But do that and see how you feel. And if you have any more dreams about your husband, just give me a call. I'm here week, every week on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, okay? Okay. And I will call you, and I will, um, if I can't email it to you, I'll find a way to get this print to you that will help you and get you oh, on your way. Terrific. All right, I'll call oh, you, terrific. if not tonight, maybe uh, tomorrow, okay? Okay. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank you, Cindy. You're quite welcome. 
I'm going to put you on hold. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, area code 703, thank you so much for your patience. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. What is your name? My name is Anna Marie. Anna Marie, how can I help you, dear? Okay, um, my most recent dream, it sounds kind of awkward. I'm at the organization that I want to work for. I'm very successful. However, um, when I go to do, like, go to step my foot in the door, a wall comes up, like a brick wall. Uh-huh. And I'm, put, I'm hitting it and hitting it because this is what I want to do, and I'm going through it, but then it wakes me up, and I get a sharp pain in my chest. So I don't know if something associated with it, um, with the sharp pain, or my, my heart is opening up to it. I'm not quite sure, but it was like a brick wall, and I'm hitting it, and I'm breaking it down, but I have a sharp pain, and it immediately wakes me up. It's kind of weird. Right. Okay. No, that is uh, – I can see where it's confusing. Um Here's the thing. You go to put your – this is a place where you want to work. So at this point in time, you're working towards getting hired into this Mm -hmm. place of employment. Okay. You go to step in the door, and the minute you get your foot in there, suddenly there's a a wall that stops you, and and you basically run into it. And then you wake up with a sharp pain in your chest. Yes. I'm able to get the wall down, but then when I wake up, I have a sharp pain in my chest. Oh, you're able to get the wall down? Tell me about that. When I get the wall down, I'm um, I'm punching, I'm kicking. It's like a, it's really weird. It's like I'm punching, kicking, and the wall slowly comes down. And okay. then I'm able to walk through the door. I'm able to talk to employees. I'm able to do my work as being successful. But then when I wake up, there's a pain in my chest, like a, not even a like a sh- maybe a sharp dull pain. Yeah, but it's a pain in my chest. That's interesting. Obviously, your career is very important to you, and you've worked very hard. So and let, me, let me break through the symbols for you. Doorways are opportunities, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, which foot did you step into, your right or your left? My right. Okay. Right side is the future. So I don't have to go into look at a previous position because if it was your left foot, this would be representative of a previous situation from the past because the right is the future and the left side is the past, okay? Okay. So I don't have to go – I don't. It, it's not a previous scenario that you need to rethink and um, forgive or let go of. This is stepping into the future, and you seem quite decided, but then a wall pops up, which mm-hmm. are obviously obstructions, obstacles that stand in the way or that must be overcome. But it could also be a protective barrier or a shelter or a boundary. In this this sense, it's stopping you from getting to the place where you want to work. So the first consideration might be this might be a prestigious institution. What if the culture there and the people there are such that they give you such a hard time you're not happy working there? Okay, just food for thought. Uh At the same time, the wall might represent – like. No, let me back up. I switched that. It being an obstacle, no. Okay, so having just said that, that's the protective barrier side of it, protecting you from a bad experience. So now let's go to the obstacle side where it is telling you this isn't going to come easy. 
You're going to have to work hard. There might be more needed. You might have to go get more credits. Something in, with regard to education, skill, experience, or grit and determination. It's up to you to see what fits. Let me see where else I can go with this. So in a protective sense, it's saying it could be saying, Anna Marie, I know you really, really want to work here, but you have to, you have to hold back a little bit. Uh, maybe it's a timing thing. Maybe it's the culture and the people. We know how people are. Um, and you seem very bright, so I imagine that you arriving on the scene at a new job might get some negative reactions from some of the women. Um, it could be a limitation, or it feels to me, it feels to me like a timing issue. It feels to me like, do you have a set time where you think you're going to be able to get in there? Is, is um, there? Because it feels like there's going well, to be a delay. <laughs> I, like you're not going to get in there as soon as you think. It's funny that you asked that. I just got finished talking to the company's HR coordinator, and mm-hmm. he was telling me that it was really busy, and they just started processing their mod for FY15 because it's a government job, and um, no one has actually picked up my resume and said we want to interview her yet. So he was like, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and he was like, I keep you posted. And I was like, okay, you know, cool, not a problem. But then when I when I went to sleep and I woke up because I work, I used to let me do this one thing. I used to work there before, so I'm going back. Uh, to the I know what the court culture is. Interesting. So when I went to sleep and I woke up and the the brick wall came down and all that other stuff. And it's funny, I walked in the door with my right foot, but I kicked down the wall with my left. Oh, look at that. So it was kind of, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because I think that's probably representative, now you got me thinking about it, by current uh-huh. job situation. Um, yeah. It's not too feasible to my personality, and it's not a good fit. So I right. think that's what they're trying to say. I don't know. Uh-huh. I might be right. I might be wrong. Well, I, I only you can determine you know, how you really feel. But, yes, when you know, in these segments, when, when I ask those clarifying questions, is it night, is it day, was it the right side, the left side? I, this is what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Are we dealing with a past issue? But not knowing that, you know, okay, I'm focusing on, because that's a detail you gave me, you, got, you step in with your right foot, but now you can see how when you kicked it down, you actually used your left. What's your dominant hand? Is it your, are you right-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay, so wouldn't it be unusual to use your left leg to kick something down? Yes. And that's the part right there that tells you it's like something from the past. Perhaps this is something uh, something you're used to or frustrated with that um, they're not going to roll out a red carpet, issue, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's going to be a delay. I, see, I do see you going back there, but I do see um, movement. In different, are you interested in different departments, or is it that you said you want to be considered for two or three different departments? It's more so I want to be considered for two different departments. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both in the field that I'm in, which is basically okay. uh, junior project manager or project management. Okay. Um, but I'm getting but, the two or three different moving around and being considered, and that makes sense to you, and that's for real. Yeah, that's that's real because okay. I applied to two or three of them in their uh, good job. Okay. Uh, 
So that just tells me I'm, 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 I'm interpreting your energy and the energy of the dream correctly. So there will be a delay. You're not going to be happy about it. I know you want it today, and you want a decision now and all that stuff. Um, but allow, allow God or the universe, however you describe, mm-hmm. let them work that stuff out ahead of time so it's the least inconvenient to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Okay, so shine a light on that place and all the HR people mm-hmm. and, like, surround them in light and say, okay, pick up my resume, pick up Anna, Anna Marie's resume and glance it over and remember all the good work that I did and how, what a great personality I have and all this stuff and then just walk over. It's not going to cost you anything. Go and put it on so-and-so's desk. Just kind of visualize this and put that energy into their heads and see how you can smooth it out so that when the timing's right, it'll all just fall right into place. Is that helpful? It does. Good. Any other questions about it? No, I don't. It makes perfect sense, though. I didn't realize it. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Are you a first-time caller for the show? Yes, I am. Well, I hope you continue to call in or listen. And tell your friends about me, okay? Okay, not a problem. Awesome. Nice to meet you, Anne-Marie. Nice to meet you. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. Okie dokie. Moving on to area code 504, bringing you live on the air. Hello. My name's Charlotte. What's your name? Ashley. Nice to meet Hi. you. Hi. Nice to meet you, Ashley. How can I help you, dear? Um, a dinner will be fine right now. A what? A general. A general what? Uh, like a, a general, general like Yes, ma'am. Well, we're focusing on dreams today. Okay. Recently, earlier, I had a dream about a, going to a friend's wedding and catching a bouquet. After that, I woke up. I don't know what's going on there. Are you presently unattached? Unattached from someone, yes. No, are you presently in a relationship or single? Oh, I'm single at the moment. Okay. So then we all know the universal meaning of catching the bouquet is that you're the one who, according to whatever uh, superstition is attached to that, that you'll be the one to get married next, right? Now you're at a... Okay, now you're at a friend's wedding, and a friend is someone that you're close to. So what this would tell me is that you're coming to an an understanding in your own mind that you're ready, that that you're ready to open up to the level where you can invite and embrace somebody into your life in something that is harmonious and functional and long-standing. Does that make sense? Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a short and sweet dream, but as you see it, and that usually happens on the dance floor when they go to throw the bouquet. Would, do, do you remember seeing that scenery? No, I just remember the colors. What were the colors? Purple, green, and like a, a light, light pink. Perfect. That's spiritual awareness. One of my favorite also, yeah, and it's also money, too, so look out for some money coming in, just in case. But purple being, you know, such a spiritual color, like the um, 
the um, awareness of where you are spiritually in your journey in this lifetime. Green is the color of the heart chakra and money, too. That's I'm just going to throw that out there twice because it might be reinforced. Are you thinking of starting a new business? Uh, I'm a writer right now. I take care of my mom. Because there's two things. I'll, I'll keep going. Okay, and then you have the light pink, which is self-love. Okay, and also a color of the heart. So green and pink being the heart, purple being spirituality. So on your journey, you're coming to a new space of love, unconditional love, and self-love. And then just as an aside, there's two representations for money. So, yeah, I'm feeling it. Okay, so you're a writer. I don't think moms, I don't think your mom is... um, represented here i think this is merger merger contracts um kind of feeling like you're on the outside looking in and getting ready to get to that point where you can accept like a partnership being like a book deal um finding an agent finding someone who can help you publish a book finding somebody who might edit, you know, all these team players that you need. Uh, I don't know how published you are, if you submit articles to magazines or if you have a book. Do you have books published already? No, I'm a poet. Okay. No. So this feels on two sides. Your relationship with yourself is deepening. And then with regard to getting this out to the world, you might be, because the money's so involved, you might start meeting people who can encourage and support you in going further with the writing. There's a lot more in you than poetry. Can you elaborate on that? I think, I think you would write very good nonfiction uh, knowledge, something about knowledge, it's something something that you know about human nature, things that you've observed about people, and, and turning it into something like maybe a newsletter or a column. I think that would be something you would look forward to. And I think that like the, the deadline of a newsletter would put some healthy pressure on you and push you to create more. Does that make any sense at all? So far, so good. Okay, well, um, poetry is wonderful, and you know I've I've written quite a lot myself. But what else do you have to share with the world? What does beautiful Ashley have to say to share with the world? A lot. Uh, you're holding back. I'm a bit shy. It's my personality. I'm a bit shy and everything, but uh-huh. I'm trying to get my words heard. Well, the good thing about writing is we – well, sometimes you have to make public appearances if you want to sign books. But the beauty of yeah. it is you get to pour your heart out on a page and not worry about rejection. Cool. And, you know, a lot of times when when we do feel shy or hesitant and we do our writing and we write really good stuff, I know I always did it. I would just keep all the best stuff to myself because I didn't want anybody else in my head. Is that true for you? Yeah, I've spoken a word at my family reunion, like, like a family poem, like everybody was getting along fine. So. Everybody was what? Get along fine without all the arguments and all the 
bickering and fighting. Drama, yeah. Okay. Well, this is writing is something that is very personal. It's like what I do with the with the psychic stuff. I do. I'm a writer, um, and I'm I'm all. I was a singer, and you know that's very personal. And and if we open ourselves, we can invite rejection and criticism. But for a while, just expand that muscle and write on things that you feel inspired to write about. And then see about submitting articles to magazines or publishing a newsletter just for the joy of doing it and not for the expectation of having any one person in your life see it, but for strangers to enjoy, your heart to theirs. Because it's less dramatic when you're dealing with strangers. Strangers are infinitely much kinder. Okay? okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome, Ashley. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, moving on. I think I can do one last call. Area code 520, bringing you live on the air. Hello. Hello. Evan, thank you for taking my call. How are you you're today? I'm, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I'm having a very good time talking to everybody and being able to share such great information. And I have a little bit of time, so I'm happy I was able to take your call. For everyone after you, I'm sorry. I guess we'll have to call back next week. Uh, but what is well, your name? Maybe I got in. <laughs> you got in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't been able to remember my dreams. And then uh-huh. I, and then all of a sudden I remembered um, I had a dream. Well, I've had two dreams, but I'll just tell you about the one I had um, like two days ago. I just okay. dream. Um, I saw an older lady sitting on a green, like a green couch, and she, her hair was already white, but it was combed very beautiful. Eyes were so little. I didn't recognize her. I was trying to. And um, she was talking to me, telling me I could go this way, I could go that way. And she was moving her hands. And I was so focused on her hands and her eyes. Her eyes were very, very little. Like, um, you know when kind somebody's been... Yeah, there you They're go. They're kind like, of when you, uh-huh. I see her. I see her. Go ahead. And and I I was just wondering I go what um I mean was it is it something I should know or is it just a dream because I think everything means something so I'm like there's something she wanted to tell me what is it <laughs> and I was trying to pay attention I just couldn't get it okay so what take me back so it's an older woman white hair small beady eyes moving her hands but you, but you couldn't understand what she was trying to tell you. Well, she just, she just, all I heard her say is, you can go that way or you can go this way. And she was talking more, but that's all I heard. That's all you needed. Okay. You can go that way or you can go this way. So you have a decision to make in your life. I do. a decision that you need to make in your life. You're not sure which way to go. And um, not to shock you, but the woman sitting on the couch with the small beady eyes those are your spirit guides. That's your spirit oh, guide. I I got okay. the name Amelia. What is it? If you don't know an Amelia, I did get the name Amelia. Uh, did I ask you what your name is? Um, no. It's what is your Christina. name? Christina. Christina. With a C? Yes. That's like my middle name. Okay. Um, so just for giggles, I don't know why. I, Amelia is not a name I think of. I don't know if anybody else is on the line hoping to talk to me. Let's just refer to this person as Amelia. And when we have a dream, and you're right, all things in dreams mean something. All dreams are have to serve a purpose. It's all soul work. Um, so you called the right place. And 
the thing with um, this, when initially you started saying, okay, so I had a dream and there's an old lady and she's sitting on a sofa or a couch. And I'm thinking, my first thought was, as I'm listening to, okay, old lady, white hair, spirituality, older, wiser aspect of self. Have you been listening long enough to where earlier I explained people in dreams? Um, I didn't get it all, no. Okay. So when we see people in our dreams, we first want to look at are they familiar or unfamiliar? Familiar being aspects of ourselves with which we are familiar and consciously aware of. Now, in this case, an older woman would be the higher self, the higher aspect, our, our older, wiser selves that kind of are hoping we will meet them in the future, matching that wisdom. So for instance, sometimes we can dream about children, which would represent the younger, more youthful, maybe less afraid aspect of self, okay? But then the minute you said, you know, white hair, okay, spirituality, but once you go to small eyes, and if you remember in a dream, her, her eyes were kind of hypnotic, Mhm. They okay, were. They have that hypnotic quality. Those are your spirit guides, and what they do is they disguise themselves as people you don't recognize to get a direct message through. Because normally, did you hear me earlier in the show saying how we're not in our bodies when we're dreaming? Yeah. Okay. Let me describe the scenario because this happened to me because I had a spirit coming in my house, and I yelled at my spirit guides, and I, I said, "I don't want that person in here." And waking me up out of a sound sleep, number one, which is a, a criminal act in my book. Um, and they kept coming in my house. They wouldn't talk to me directly, but they were walking past my bed back and forth anyway. So I said, well, I want to be notified when he's in my home. And this is back in like 1998, and I had just gotten my brand new computer, and I'd just gotten on the Internet and all that stuff. So I'm in the middle of a dream, and I start hearing, Charlotte, Charlotte. And I was like, what the? And I look over my right shoulder, and there's my spirit guide, who I got to see them so often in my dreams with the beady eyes. And it got to the point where I was like, I know who you are. Why do you bother disguising yourself? So I look over, and by this point, I have Ezekiel. I have four spirit guides. Ezekiel um, has glasses and a white hair and a white goatee. And I actually have him on film. I have a picture of him. And... I look over, and I was like, what? What do you want? I'm busy, because like, I was in the middle of the stream. And, but what happened is in that nanosecond that I turned my head to look over my right shoulder, I saw a gigantic screen, and I was actually standing in front of a gigantic screen watching a movie. And it turned out, because I, 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 I only had a couple seconds, but I, I interpreted the energy as best I could. When the more emotional we are about what we're witnessing in the dream, it feels like we're in the dream. It feels like we're being, those are the times when we're being chased or going down a hallway and can't find a way to go, or as in um, the other caller's uh, imagery where she's kicking down this door, but I, don't know, I forgot to get into that, the, the pain in the chest from such stress of knocking down that wall. Anyway, those are the mechanics of what's happening. So what your spirit guide is saying, are you with me so far or am I going too fast? Yeah. No, okay. you're perfect, perfect. Okay, so if we want to call her Amelia, I don't know that that's really her name, but so she's sitting on the couch. She's in your living room. So this decision is in your, you were in the living room, correct? Am I correct in that assumption? Um, I have no idea where we were. All I saw was, all I saw was her sitting on a green couch. And green. it was a tall, 
it was tall in back of her, like the couch was higher than her head. Yeah. Um, it was it one of those velvet, velveteen green things. Oh uh, yes. Okay, I can see it. All right, I got it. Okay, and, and, it, and you know, I knew I was dreaming because I was like, "What do you want to tell me?" I was so anxious to know that maybe that's why I didn't get it because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, we have to be very relaxed, and it takes okay. time to get there. Um, but so that's your spirit guide. We'll call her Amelia. She's sitting on the couch, but a couch. And especially the color green. Green representing the heart center, the heart chakra, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It can also, and more often than not, nine times out of ten, it's going to be matters of the heart. But I also throw in money just in case. Okay. Throw a whole bunch. (laughs) Right. So, she's sitting on furniture, which is significant because she could have just been standing out in, like, outer space and told you this. But she went through the trouble to make sure that there was furniture for you to see her sitting in and chose the color green. Okay? Mm -hmm. Furniture is representative of our environment, our ideas, our um, beliefs, what we think about ourselves. We decorate in such a way that it is comfortable for us. So in the furniture... um, it's something that she sits on. It's something that she was sitting comfortably. So this is a situation that you need to make a decision and be comfortable with that decision, but you have to choose with your heart. Make mm. sense so far? Yes. Okay. And she's saying, no, you could go this way or you could go that way, which means you have free will. And I think what she's telling you is either way, it won't be a mistake. You don't have to decide not to decide out of fear of not being able to trust which outcome is going to be better. Mm-hmm. She's telling you, go ahead and choose with your heart, and it will be okay, and she's with you. Okay. Make sense? Can, um, I, ask, can I be newsy and ask what the decision is about? Um, I have no idea yet. <laughs> I don't know. You have no idea? No. What are you doing? In, is, are you, is there in your daily life, are you wishing you could move? Are you... Looking to pick a new direction? Um, well, I've been looking for work, and, and I'm looking... And she's saying... Time. So what are your ideas about work? She's saying you can go that way or you could go this way. Well, probably because um, either I've either... Now it's coming to, you know, to make more sense. I've either um, done housekeeping or a manager. So I, I'm thinking... I would, I, I've been filling out applications for both. So okay. So I... I I didn't know which way it's going to go, like who's going to hire me. And I have been thinking, you know, like, well, I wonder which direction I'm going to take, you know, like if I'm going to go into management or am I going to just go into housekeeping and, you know, go to work and come home or am I going to be in management where I'll probably... And babysit others. Yeah. So I, yeah. I was had that processing in my mind, but not last night, of course, but, you know, um, you oh, know I, okay. I guess it was in the back of my mind. Nope, that's okay. It's always in the back. It's always in the higher self. Your soul already knows the answer. So it sends you messages by way of the subconscious mind, and the spirit guides help us with it. You know, in my dream, when I was dreaming, and Ezekiel called my name to alert me to the fact that that spirit was in my house, and I I didn't finish the story. I turned around, and I was like, what? But that's when I saw the screen, and then I saw my bedroom, and I saw that spirit walking around, so I woke myself up and kicked him out of my house. But... She's telling you, 
you can either way you'll be successful, but what would make you happy? Choose mm-hmm. with your heart. Because management, although you'll be you could you're successful at that, you'd be very good at it. It's a babysitting job. Yeah. Housekeeping. Housekeeping might be something where perhaps you're the type of person who likes to be busy with their hands and you get into like a zone and a creative zone and you get your zen from being busy and making, taking things from a state of being unkempt to a state of polished and beautiful. Yeah. Maybe that's a creative like, outlet for you. I like I do. I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, it's, some of the stuff isn't fun to do, but I enjoy it. And I, that's where your heart is. And, you know, her eyes are just so beady. It was just so... It's um, trippy, isn't it? I, could, I couldn't stop thinking about her. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's a little scary, but that is when I figured out, because I kept noticing all these people in my dreams would, I was a kid, and they all looked different. But this one, and I've told about this on the air, so I won't tell the whole thing again, but I was in this place. I believe it was the first time I realized I was out of body. But I was in this, um, like a jewelry store. Yeah, it was a jewelry store. I was very young. And there was this lizard walking across a jewelry counter, and it was meowing like a cat. (laughs) And I said, oh, my God, it was walking like an iguana. And I said, oh, my God, my little brother would love that. Oh, I wish I could, I want to buy that for him. I look over and there's a parrot with a, with a beak like a toucan, but it kept going like the shell of a snail and it was in different colors. Wow. So I said, and I noticed this old couple in the corner and they're watching me very intently. I'm like, they almost look like they're angry at me. But I looked at them and I was like, no, they're just watching me to see what I'll do next. So I went back to the parrot-looking thing, and parrots and birds are my thing, and I was like, oh, my God, we don't have anything like this on Earth. And that's when it occurred to me. I'm not on Earth. So I looked over at the two old people who looked very, very old, like 90s, tiny, short, like me, and... I looked at them, and I went to ask them a question, and they looked at each other. I said, I just asked you a question. What is the answer? And they wouldn't answer me. I said, you know what? Why do you do that? Why do you do that? You know I know who you are, right? So why do you bother disguising yourself? And they looked at each other like, what are we going to do with her? I said, okay, I got you now. So anytime I'm in a dream, I can tell who it is, and that they're disguising themselves, and I can I can call them out by name. And it takes practice. And if you've heard any other segments, you get so good at something, and then you graduate to the next level, and then you start all over again. But that's what this is about. It's about you trusting your heart to do what will make you happy. And when you when you enjoy what you do, money comes to you. Oh, okay. When, when you have a preference where, okay, I would enjoy this, but I'm doubtful about the money. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're mixing a doubt cupcake, you know, and the doubt's gonna push money away. But if you were to say, you know, I want to be able to run my own business, not babysit people, and and get great clients who aren't chintzy and and want to pay me on time, and I'm going to set up the schedule of clients and and have this successful venture. Either way, you're going to be fine. But I would okay. say, and as because she's sitting on the green couch. Choose what will make you happy in the, in the long run. What have you got to lose? You're right. 
you are completely right. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so um, glad I got to see her and meet her. Now I know. Okay. I'm like, okay, now I know who you are. God, yeah. I was just so, I just couldn't, yeah. I, like I tell you, I couldn't stop thinking about her. And I told my yeah. husband, and I go, I wonder who she is. He goes, I don't they, know. <laughs> they almost look like an alien, like alien yeah. eyes. But the hypnotic, intense, beady, that's, that's just because they're so knowledgeable. That's the that's the only reason why it's not to, it's not intended to scare you. It is intended to get your oh, attention. No, I didn't I didn't feel scared at all. You know, right. and you know I was just so hypnotized with those eyes, and then I would her hands were moving different directions, but I I, I still didn't pay attention to her hands because I was so busy with her eyes. Like oh I my god, just focus and, on that. You know? And it's very and it, and it's designed to get your attention to make you listen. Otherwise, it would have been, you know, I say it this way. If you have a dream and there's a unicorn prancing through a field and they burp and a butterfly comes out, maybe you'll remember it. But if you have a dream like this where this woman with these hypnotic beady eyes is saying, well, you could do this or you could do that. And then in in her eyes is basically saying, and either way, it's going to be fine. But she's doing this motion with her hands. Could it have been like a fluid motion with the hands? that just go with the flow, or could it have been motions of wiping walls or cleaning, like the wax on, wax off? You know, only you can tell. But what she was doing with the hands was certainly part of the message. But I can't see what she's doing with her hands. You can look and say, is she clapping her hands? Is she? What was she doing? And that will well, give you further insight. Yeah, she moved one to the right and one to the left, like, but, like, straight across, like, from your chest out, she okay. was going, like, this way to the right, this way to the left. But she didn't say that, but she, that's the way her hands were moving. And they were, like, lined with her chest, but her hands were open, like, her fingers were open. So. It's almost like when um, that price is right with, with the pretty ladies and they, like, they have their hands and they, and they go sideways simultaneously and, and you can have yeah. all this. Like that. Yes, exactly. Okay, and the fingers are open, the the palms are open and upwards to where mm-hmm. you're open to receiving information, ideas, support, and um, momentum, you know, like just that push to move forward and allow it to go. And then in doing that, if you look at that posture, your heart's also open. You're not closed off. Her arms weren't closed. Her arms weren't crossed. No. But she's demonstrating an open-hearted posture. You are so great at this. I'm like, uh, well, uh, you're, you're perfect. I'm like, yay, I'm so glad I got in. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you, thank you. so much for I'm taking blushing. my call. And you have a blessed day, and you're doing a great job, and it's nice thank that you. you share your wisdom with everybody. Thank you I appreciate you so that. Much. That does my heart good. I just have to mention to the callers. I'm not going to be able to get I have nine minutes left. I'm going to end the show here with um, beautiful Christina. But if you want to be sure that you get in the call queue, you can call as early as 15 minutes before the show, and I'll take as many as I can. I know I spent more time with some people than others, but the message was important not only to that person but to other listeners as well, and I have to stay where the energy guides me, if that makes sense. Well, I'm so happy I I see you, Christina. Yes, and I'm so glad that the energy guided you to me because she just kept... Um, being right there, on, like on my ear, I couldn't. I just couldn't get her off my mind. I'm like, yay! So 
things Tell her again. Close, to close your eyes, say a prayer, and, and use the word Amelia, and ask if you get a chance. But use the word okay. Amelia, or, or to the woman, to my spirit guide who gave me the beautiful message in the dream, if you would come to me so that I could thank you. I would appreciate the opportunity just to say a quick thank you. I get the message, and I appreciate it. Watch what happens. All right. Thank you for that, too. Okay. I am going to do that right now. Thank Very you. cool. Thank you. And it might happen, yeah. like, if you close your eyes now, they could, she could fly right up to your face. Or wait till you're asleep, if, it, if that might be a little frightening for you. Wait till you're asleep and see if you don't see her and, and get a lucid moment where you get to say, wait a second, oh, oh, I wanted to thank you. And she'll probably do something like, you're welcome, and then get away from you. They're not going to linger for you to pepper them with questions. They're not. I tried. Believe me. <laughs> I tried. You know, I was thinking that right when you said that. I was like, God, did you know I thought that? Because I thought, well, maybe I can get a few more questions out of her. But no, I was just warning you. I was just warning you about what I experienced. That I was like, hi, and I, I wanted to thank you for because Ezekiel, when I caught him in the picture, I didn't even see him. Someone else did and said, "Who's this guy?" So I said, "Well, the the." The person, the spirit in the picture, could you please come to me? And I I put, you know, like candles around me and crystals. And I just would just like to say thank you. And he flew right up to my face. And I said, oh, wow. oh, uh, well, thank you. And he nodded and flew away. And I was like, wait, you know, I have questions. So I, I was just warning you because I didn't want you to be disappointed. If she comes to you, whether you're awake or asleep, and gives you a chance to say thank you, just know that she's going to vamoose out of there and you're not going to get her to sit there and answer all your questions. It's an on-as-you-need-to-know okay. basis, and they will not relent. Trust me. Yeah. Listen to some other segments, and that will help you gather more information. Maybe you know, you've had a, a, an experience similar to other callers. Um, but I do hope you continue to listen to the show. And because I'll be, sure will. Anybody who calls in, any information that comes out will be unique and different. A lot of it's the same, but it does bear repeating. But for each caller, it's like I learn about myself by talking to each different person, you know? So we all learn together here. Yeah, we're all connected one way or another. Absolutely. You got it right, Christina. Well, thank you so much once again, and I hope to talk to you again in the future. Just if you want to be sure that you get on the air, you have to call in early and and get in line. Because I didn't – it's not that I chose your call. It was just next in line. And there's a Mm. a lot of other – there's a lot of other people behind you. I just, I'm out of time and I have to end the show. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. All right, everybody. Had a wonderful time sharing information and getting to uh, demonstrate uh, the different ways that dreams can teach us and guide us and offer us clarity and enlightenment. And I do hope that you enjoyed the segment. Again, feel free to email your dreams to me ahead of time. As you saw or heard, rather, uh, sometimes we can forget a detail. So if you have a disturbing dream, or one that just makes you feel um, confused, like, you know, what the heck was that about? You can type that up and send it to me in an email with as much detail as possible, night, day, colors, numbers, any detail you can remember. Send that to me, and then next week, the following week, Wednesdays at 3, you can come on the air and say, I sent the dream about this. Try to give it a good title. I sent the dream about this. And not only will I have had a chance to take a look at it and probably get even more information out of it than doing it on the fly like I do today and in the other segments, but I can take a look at that and really wring it dry of all the energy and get really good information for you. 
Um, but feel free to send that ahead of time. Go to the website, spiritualinsightsradio.weebly.com. Click the Submit a Dream tab and type that all out. Send it to me. But do call ahead of time to be sure that you get on the air. You can tune in 15 minutes before the show. Dial the number, press 1, get into the call queue. And then after some brief announcements, I'll start taking calls. I do hope you enjoyed today's segment as much as I did. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.